So how many of you have been taking territory? What about the rest of you? I'd like to share a little bit on... Let me give you a biblical definition of territory. Um, I have this sermon all planned out here, but God gave me a verse. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, to be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promises, of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And I think it's always important to start with a promise in Christ. Amen? Uh, I have found that I can't create my own territory. Uh, just to share a little bit about what happened to me. You know, how, you know how I've been preaching about, you know, ask, seek, and knock. Well, I ignore it for myself. And for a couple of years, I've been praying for a new car. Well, a different one. And mine kept breaking down, breaking down. I spent about six grand on it this last year. So, the Lord said to me, well, how come you're not looking? You tell everybody else to. So, I woke up one morning and I said, we're going to go look for cars. To my wife, and I said, and, and it came to my mind, go to Chilliwack to Merton Motors. And I went there, and I found the very car I needed. Just like that. And I had to knock. And it was opened. And sometimes we know the truth, but we don't do it. <laughs> you know, probably could have got a car two years ago. <laughs> and it talks about the promise, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus. There is no greater promise than that which is in Christ. Right. Amen? There's no greater promise. Because he is the focus and center provider of all truth. So when you ask me... Let me ask you, are you look, are, are, do you have a territory in your heart that you're looking for? Do you? Nobody? Okay, then you already have faith. Are you hoping for the territory? So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Do you have an evidence in you about it? Because faith is the evidence of things not seen yet. So if you already have a hope, you are functioning in faith. Right. You, you don't try to conjure up faith. God puts faith in you. He puts an expectation in you. 
It's just like all of a sudden I had to come to the conclusion, you know what, I can't drive this car no more, it's not reliable. And I had to, I had to come to another level of expectation. And sometimes we come to the place where, you know, this is not working no more, so I guess I better, <laughs> I better move on. So I just want to encourage you to realize that if you have something you're hoping for, that's one of the ingredients of faith. The evidence of it is in you, but it, you can't see it yet, but you know it. You know it. So, so how many of you are looking for healing? Okay. You're hoping. You're in faith. Why is that? Why does that exist? Why are you like that? Because God put hope in you to be healed. That's taking territory. Okay, I'm not going to go there right now. <clears throat> Promises in Christ Jesus. Is he the promised healer? Uh -huh. Well, that's a promise for you. It's a territory for you to take. It's yours. In fact, it's your inheritance. Listen to what Paul says. And see, we think, well, that's Paul. But just listen to this, verse 7. Of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach or proclaim to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. Now, he, he starts out in verse 6 with being a partaker of promises, and then he moves into a call. Do you follow that? It's given to me to... When you live in the promises you have something to share. That's kind of the conclusion of those two verses. God is very interested in your life. To bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which from ages has not been hidden in God who created all things. So that... And, and here's, here is all have to do with taking territory. So that the manifold wisdom of God, 
the many-sided vision, the, the multitude of vision, the different dimensions of the wisdom of God might be known through the church, means you and me, to make known the manifold wisdom of God, made me known through the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. In other words, it's like this. You got sickness, let me know, let me tell you what the wisdom of God is. And I'm putting the powers of darkness on notice. Amen. This is going to happen. Amen. We are on the aggression. Not him. You have to be aggressive to take territory. And the more territory you take, the more aggressive you get. Because it just can't stop. Amen? You see, anything that's a promise is a territory. Anything that's a promise is a territory. I don't try to conjure up my territory. I read about my territory. And when I read about my territory, I begin to understand what belongs to me. So I'm not left to my imaginations. So, just to give you a little bit of story of my life, about my wife, um, I was single, cook in the hospital, worked with a bunch of women, it was terrible. <laughs> I was 15 years old, I lied about my age, I was supposed to be 16, but I needed the job, so I put 16 down. They never asked me. I, 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 don't, I guess I must have looked 16. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm going with this girl. And I had been going her, with her for quite a while. And uh, she decided she's going to break it off with me. And, of course, it just devastated me and so on. And um, I'm saying this to say this. There are some things we don't know why it happens. But God knows the future. And so she broke it off with me and devastated me. And of course, many times before that, my uncle preached the gospel. And I always just put him off, put him off, put him off. So I had 30 miles to drive from her house to my house. And I'm making a deal with God. God, I'll accept you. You bring her back to me. So I had to find the pastor that night. And it was Valentine's night. I found the Alliance pastor. To this day, I don't know how I found him. I didn't have his phone number. He wasn't at the church. I don't know. Anyway, so I go to his office, and I'm on my knees, and I'm crying in a way, and he thinks I'm repenting. I'm making a deal. <laughs> don't, don't ever question whether you got through to somebody or not. God can. And uh, I say that to say this. Some things that we think are our promise, like are not actually God's promise for us. God had a different woman for me. 
She chased me until she caught me. <laughs> I always tease her. Her and her sister, they're identical twins, and you didn't know who you were talking to when you were talking to individuals. But God had a plan for my life, and he made things work out so that it would work out the way he wanted it to. So there are some territories that God just makes happen for you because of the destiny of your life. There are other things that you have to take. So the pastor, he thinks, man, this guy is really sorry about his sin. I wasn't sorry, one bit sorry for my sin. I was desperate that he was going to bring that woman back to me. And he never did. And I guess my wife is all the better off for it. <laughs> but there are some things, I want you to know, there are some things that God just plans for your life. And even in our ignorance, he takes us there. And even when we don't want to go, he arranges things so that they do work that way. But then there's other territories that we actually take. Where we, 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 we move in faith. Um, so, when I want to take a territory... It's not because I decided to take a territory. It's because I have decided, first of all, where I'm going to find that territory. So, for instance, the car was one thing. My, my wife was one thing. But there's a functioning in the realm of the spirit that's entirely a different thing. I pursue the territory of the anointing. And I have come to believe that my instructions are in here and nowhere else. My territory is in this book. When Pastor David was sharing about Moses and Joshua and uh, Abraham... That was God's plan. It was God's territory. And realizing what is God's territory, I think is very important. And it's found in what he says, not found in what I believe. Because I may not believe what he said. I may have a hard time believing what he said. But God gave us a covenant, and God is a covenant-keeping God. So Noah found his territory, build a boat, call in all the animals, and preach the gospel for 120 years, even though nobody's going to listen to you. That was his territory. Noah did not have a word to say about it. You either accept it or reject it, but you're not going to alter it. 
He could have just said, no, God, don't destroy the earth. He'd have died with the rest of them. So God's covenant is what God lives by. It's his covenant that he makes come to pass. And what we have done in Christianity is we have so mucked up and confused the covenant that we don't know what belongs to us, what I should expect, or anything. What God says is what he sees. I've said this before. And what he sees is what he said. When he said, let there be light, he wasn't looking at darkness. When he said, let there be a cow, he was not looking at a goat. When he said, let there be man, he was not looking at an ape. Oh, you're catching it, right? <laughs> what he said is what he saw. So the challenge for me is this. Do I see what he sees when I read his word? Or am I just reading a story? If you want to take territory, begin to see what he sees. So just let me put out one verse, and I've said this before, and you know it. These signs shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. How does God see your hands? Healing hands. That's you. Are you a believer? Then that's what he sees. Do you see it that way though? Well, not me. No, that's false humility. That's a denial of covenant truth that awaits a manifestation through your life. I think I've preached better sermons under the inspiration than I do of those that I wrote. But I, I just so, I'm just so picked up with this idea um, that we're in the new covenant. We're in the new covenant. We're in all the words of the covenant. We are in the effects of the blood of the covenant. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of? Oh, so have your sins been remitted? Uh, some of you doubt that? <laughs> See, that's truth. And it sets you free. When Jesus came and took the baptism of water and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he came up out of the waters and the, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. This is what I'm meditating on these days. The word descend there doesn't mean that he just lightly touched him. It says that he actually imposed himself on him. Did you ever have somebody impose himself on you? When I was a little boy in school, there was this big guy. He always imposed himself on us. 
until we got older. And then he missed two of his teeth. <laughs> I don't say that to brag, but that's just the way we were when we were non-Christians. It's like, huh? You picked on me, and you imposed yourself on me. Now I'm going to impose myself on you. <laughs> Terrible thinking. But that's the way we were. You see, the Holy Spirit imposed himself on Jesus. He didn't just... Because immediately after, it says, he was driven by the Spirit. Jesus says, he will lead you. The word driven there, the word lead means, he gives me no option. He has imposed himself on my life. I am looking for more of that. That's one of the territories I'm going for right now. He imposed himself on the Son of God to totally lead him and control him and enable him to do what he came to earth to do. And the Father spoke from heaven and he said this, this is my beloved Son. Hear him. So when you read the Gospels and you read the Red, are you listening to the Son or are you just reading a story? He said, hear him. And part of that is this. I have put my power upon him, and I took total control of his life, and he's going to say what I say. And he's going to do what I do. So Jesus came to the conclusion, oh, my father does the work. Wow. Do you know what? We don't do the work. The father's still doing the work. Jesus said to the disciples that he will will lead you. Oh, Holy Spirit. No, no. What it means is this. He wants to impose himself on your life. And so, when he came up out of the waters of baptism... He came into a dimension that created all the promises and inheritance for you and I. When he began to speak what the Father said, the Father released the inheritance from heaven, the promise from heaven. The Father demonstrated the Father's heart on earth through Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. All three work together. They're they're all together. And Jesus says these words. And you can. Now you can believe these words. Or you can just read it as a story. I happen to think. That they're for me. He says this. He says as the Father has sent you. So send As the Father has sent me, he says, so send I you. And he released his disciples in the same dimension, in the same manner that the Father released the Son. And how did it all start? With a birth, with a growth, and with the imposition of the Holy Spirit. 
Read Acts. You see the results of it. There is so much territory in the realm of the spirit to take. It's like it never seems to fail that new revelation comes in certain ways. When I began to study the word descend or the word, um, what was the other one, Louise, we were studying the other morning? Anyway, it didn't mean just to light on him. It actually it means to impose himself. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, Father, impose your Holy Spirit upon me, just like you did on Jesus. I want to be driven by him. Do you know what it means to be driven by somebody else? It means you have let go of your own will. You let go of your own ideas and your own ambitions, and you kind of just... As the Father sent me, so send I you. In Isaiah chapter 6, the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, you know, the, the earth, the people were in terrible state. But it doesn't stop God. We just think it does. Oh, God can't move in North America. That's a lie. Oh, we're so, yeah, we could be so. But that's not going to stop God. I saw the Lord, he says, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. That's not the train of the back of a woman's wedding dress. In the Hebrew, it means the very hem of his garment covered the whole house. What did they touch to be healed? The hem of his garment. You see, Jesus on earth was a direct replication of the king in heaven. Who's the temple of God? His train fills this house. You can touch the hem of his garment and get healed. See, do you believe that? Like, if his train fills the house... Are the seraphims and cherubims there too? And then the effect that it had on Isaiah himself. Here is a prophet of God standing in his presence and he says, man, I'm undone. I'm ruined. 
I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people that are unclean. And God saw his condition, and God sends a seraphim or a cherubim, whatever it was, with a coal off the altar and cleanses his lips, and he says, go tell them. It's no different than Pentecost. And I got to think, you know, we're the sanctuary. We're the house of God. His train covers my life. His train covers this meeting. His train covers my life wherever I go. His mantle, who he is, covers my life. I'm not trying to live in the secret place. I am in the secret place. You see, the Old Testament, they're always trying to live there. But in the New, he has made you sit with him in heavenly places. You are in the secret place. Stop trying to get there. But that's where we function out of. So when you read the rest of that psalm, I believe it's Psalm 100 and Psalm 91. When you read the rest of that psalm, it tells you what's happening in the secret place. See, that's a territory that he took us to. You're not trying to claim that territory. He made you sit there. And so from that position, you take territory. From that place, he puts something in your heart to become a reality on the earth. And what God wants to become a reality reality on the earth will first become a reality to us. When I think of my younger life, I think of wasted years. Drinking, fighting, women, just wasted years. What a waste of time. But when I found Jesus and I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, None of that mattered no more. And if you're struggling with that kind of stuff, I believe you need to look at a territory. And your territory means to be this. God, I don't want to live here. I want to live where you want me to. I I can't get there, but baptize me with the Holy Ghost and power And he'll take control of my... Let him impose himself on my life. Let him impose his thoughts and his desires and his passions in my heart. That actually drive me. Driven of the Spirit means it's not just in your head. There's something boiling in your life that you want to see as real. So what does Jesus do? The first thing, he drives him straight to the wilderness. Fast for 34 days. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that to you. But this is what he did to Jesus. He was tempted of the devil, and he used the word to defeat him. And he walked away, and he came out of there. He came out of there weak. And the angels came and ministered to him. 
he was a human being. And the angels came and ministered to him. And he walked out and began to preach the kingdom. He began to heal the sick. He began to raise the dead. He began to cleanse the lepers. He brought the kingdom to this earth. Because the Holy Spirit was so upon him, it took control of his life. And the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you take all the middle out, the, whole, the kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. So here's Jesus. He's walking on the earth, controlled by the power of the kingdom, bringing the kingdom reality to people who needed the reality of it. And he began to take territory away from the enemy, meaning souls. He began to release those who were bound by setting them free. He began to heal those who needed to be healed. He began to raise the dead. Man, I tell you, we've got a territory, but we have a power that wants to impose himself on us to bring it about. And you know what? It's not wishy-washy, and it's not... No, it's a definite power that gives you a conviction and an expectation that births a faith in you out of the Word of God, and you say, I want to see this now. You see, the, 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 the passages that Pastor David preached to you, they're, they're good principles. But remember, God was behind it. Abraham, Abraham tried to take territory. He ended up having Ishmael. He wasn't waiting for God's territory. He just thought it was a good idea. No, the word is the only idea that's a good idea. Amen? <laughs> like, for instance, it says in the Bible that he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Do you own that? Is that yours? To me, territory is anything that Jesus promised. It's mine. And and when 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 we begin to realize the promises like in Ephesians when we begin to realize that promise and we begin to realize, you know what, this is where I live. Do you know what messages the powers of darkness get? They get a message and this is the message they get. All the manifold wisdom of God. It confuses them. They don't know what to do with the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For me, it's like it never stops. 
because I believe that the God that the world cannot contain has got so much, and I'm so little, I know so little, I possess so little compared to who he is. I got a lot to gain. And therefore, I take aim.